Hello and welcome. You are listening to the teaching ministry of Coastal Oaks Church in Rockport, Texas. It is our hope that you will be encouraged and that your desire to follow Jesus Christ will be challenged and strengthened as you listen to this podcast. For more information on location, service times, and what to expect on your next visit, go to coastaloakschurch.org. Now grab your Bible and study along with us as you listen. invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 1. The book of Acts, chapter 1. Today we're wrapping up our series on becoming a church that lights the world. In Matthew, chapter 5, Jesus told his disciples, a a city on a hill can't be hidden. The light needs to shine. He says, don't take your light and hide it under a basket, but put it on a lampstand for all the world to see. And he says, so then your light will shine before men so that the world will see that light and glorify your Father in heaven. That's what we've been talking about. We've looked at these three parts, two parts of our mission statement so far. And I think about our mission statement as a tripod. You know, a tripod, that's three legs. And if you, ever, if you ever try to hold a camera up with just two, it doesn't work. You have to stand there. That third leg is important. Our first leg is that we want people to love God, to be in a love relationship with him. The second point of that tripod is that we want to connect people with others, to to love your neighbor as yourself. And the third part of that tripod we're going to look at today is we want to reach our world. Now, if you've been around here any length of time, you could preach this sermon for me, but I want to do it. So, um, in fact, some of you have probably already filled in these blanks because we go over this truth uh, on a regular basis. But I think as we look at our mission statement again, we need to be reminded one more time of what it means to be a church that lights our world. And I want to focus on a, a statement, it may seem unusual to you, but, but I've, I've entitled the message, Becoming Sent. Becoming Sent. Hopefully I can explain that to you. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is telling them that at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within believers, to reside within them permanently, you will be witnesses. When we trust Christ as personal Savior, he comes to live within us permanently. He empowers us. He indwells us. When we sing, fill us up and send us out, we're really saying, Lord, take control. We don't need any more of his spirit. We have all of his spirit he gives us. This third person of the Trinity lives within us. We have this same power available available to us to go And make disciples to the ends of the earth. Number one, we are commissioned to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Two important words, commissioned and take. The commission is Jesus said, you're going to do this. This is what I've equipped you for. This is what I've saved you for. This is what I've left you for. To go and take the gospel to the ends of the earth. We've adopted the Acts 1-8 challenge based on this passage right here. And here's what our church said. As a church, we declare with our association, the SBTC, our state convention, the North American Mission Board, and the International Mission Board, that we will be intentionally engaged in the Great Commission, awakening Christians to God's calling to join him on mission and helping him take the gospel to all people's groups. We therefore accept the Acts 1-8 challenge and commit ourselves to a comprehensive missions involvement in our community, our Jerusalem, in our state, our Judea, in our continent, our Samaria, and in our world, the ends of the earth. That's the Acts 1-8 challenge. In a nutshell, what we've said is we have agreed to be a church that intentionally mobilizes people 
to do what Acts 1-8 says, to reach locally, statewide, nationwide, and worldwide. So let's look at the first part of this. Reaching our community, our Jerusalem. Reaching our community, our Jerusalem. When the first part of that statement is you're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, he's just saying right where you are, right where you live, your town, your city, that local place where you are, you're called to take the gospel to that place. We sometimes stress international missions so much that we forget that the first part of the Great Commission is right here, right where you are. We do a lot of things in our church. Vacation Bible School is one of those outreaches to our community. We're involved in Community Table. We're involved in Good Samaritans. We have them in our church budget. Also, we have the food drive. We had a food drive for Good Samaritans during Vacation Bible School, and and I think there's even buckets out there today. Are they out there? Okay, so we're even still involved in that. We have a Care and Share uh, annual giveaway. I think there's an insert in your, in your, um, your worship folder about that. We, didn't know what to, we, don't, we can't figure out what to call this, but I like that. Care and Share giveaway. It's a garage sale, but it's not for sale. So we call it Care and Share giveaway. This coming week, we are asking you to bring things that are good that you would donate so that people can come and take them. Don't bring your old, ratty, worn-out stuff bring good stuff and we fill our gym up with clothing with furniture with appliances uh electronics everything and we invite our community to come and shop for free and we ask people you come if you have a need it's not for us to gain it's for us to share that's one of the outreaches that we have to our local community we've done water distribution at the the parades in town we we're involved in angel tree ministry every year ministering to families of inmates Toys for Tots, we have a great uh, involvement in. Quite a bit of what we do locally is this kind of program thing. But I want to challenge us this morning to think a little bit differently about reaching our community. And it it comes when this statement becoming sent. I I want you to adopt the mindset that God has sent you to your community. The term that's used now is called missional. The encouragement is that we don't just be mission-minded, but that we be missional. A professor at Golden Gate Seminary or went to school coined this term, and and it's been defined a lot of different ways. Uh, Mark Driscoll says, missional living is the embodiment of the mission of Jesus in the world by incarnating the gospel. Basically, he says that, and I like this, missional living means I'm going to live out the Great Commission in my life. It's not just going to be my vocation or my something I add on at the end of the week or something I do on the weekends. It is going to be my lifestyle, something I live, living within a culture as if I'm a missionary in this culture. I remember when I was pastoring in Arlington, Texas, Tilly Bergen uh, was a missionary, I think, in Indonesia. I'm not sure. Does anybody know where Tilly was? She came back because of health reasons in the family, I believe, and and they called her to be the missions leader of her church, and she said, well, if I was on the mission field, what would I do? She said, I'd walk the streets and find somebody in need. So she started walking the streets of downtown Arlington and found a lady who was homeless and needed help and got her some food and got her a place to live, and, and Mission Arlington exploded, and they're reaching that community in incredible ways because they're just being missional where they live. Think missionally. Think God has equipped me, empowered me, and placed me right here in this place. The Missional Church Network, they make some statements. I I pulled some of these up. The Missional Church is more concerned about sending people in the church to go out among the community than it is getting people from the community to come into the church. I paraphrase that, but 
That's what they're saying. A missional church, when we adopt that mindset, we will be more concerned about getting outside of these four walls to our neighbors and our coworkers and the people we encounter every day than we are about trying to get them to come here. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I think this is part of it. We do try to create an atmosphere of worship and, and, and welcome so that people can come when they're invited. And I want you to keep inviting your neighbors and your friends, but we need more of a mindset of how do we get out of here to take it to where they are. Ed Stetzer says, missional is one way of being that leads to a way of acting. Christ followers who are missional are Christ followers who are on mission every day of their life. Now, I've listed 10 ways to be missional. It's in your program. If you'd look at those with me. Right at the top of the the opposite side there, 10 ways that you can be missional. Tim Chester wrote these. I borrow stuff from everybody. I like these 10. Now, you may say, Pastor, these things don't sound too spiritual to me. Anybody could do that. Duh. Number one, eat with other people. Tim says we have three meals a day, 21 opportunities each week to have a meal with someone who you can build a relationship with. Number two, work in public places. He encourages you to to read, to plan, to hold meetings in a restaurant, in in a place in the community where people will see you, where you'll be involved in life. We don't have a Starbucks here, but that seems to be the place. Find a coffee place like we have in town or a a taqueria or someplace and and meet with your people there instead of at the church building. Number three, be, be a regular. I like that. Adopt a local cafe, a local park, a local shop, a local something and go there. He says this, become known as a local. When you walk in the door, they know your name, they know your face, they know who you are. They greet you because you're part of them. Be a regular somewhere because it involves building relationships. Number four, join in with what's going on. Join in with what's already going on. Join other organizations that are already doing stuff. We're doing that by connecting with good Samaritans. Look for ways you personally and as a family can can, uh, cooperate with other organizations that are doing ministry. Number five, leave the house in the evenings. That's a big one. What do we do? We pull into our driveway or our garage, and if the garage opens, if you can put your car in there, I can't personally, but that's a whole other story. You park your car, and you get out of your car, and you go in the house, and you close the door, and then you're there, and then you get up, and you go to a meeting at church, and you come back, and you go in, and and for years, you just say hi to your neighbors. You just wave at them instead of stopping to talk to them. Get out of your house in the evenings. Take a tray of cookies or a cake or something to your neighbors. Visit a park. Go hang out where people are. Number six, serve your neighbors. I like that one. Weed their garden. Help them mow. Help them move. Um, Boy, the Mormons have this strategy down well. They put their missionaries in a town, and they look for people in need, and they just go help them. I've seen them over in our neighborhood all the time, helping people move stuff in and out of their houses just because they're there to help. Look at that. What an opportunity to serve your neighbors. Number seven, share your passion. Find a local group that does what you do. Got a friend who decided to join a a country and western line dancing deal simply because he and his wife were looking for a way to get outside of the four walls of the church. Find something. If you're a musician, find where other musicians get together. Spend time with them. 
Number eight, hang out with your work colleagues. Really? You know, we're, we, and, and I'm not complaining, but I am. Uh, we, we've encouraged you to take your Bible to work and let them see it on your desk and read your Bible at break time and, so that they know you're a Christian. But sometimes you just need to be with them. Just hang out with them. They might say, what are you doing over here instead of over there? I just thought I'd be with you. That'll blow them away. Hang out with them at lunch breaks, carpool, be with your coworkers, do life with them. Number nine, walk. Take a walk in your neighborhood. Number 10, prayer walk. I think you can do those two together. To walk around your neighborhood and pray for those homes and those people and for opportunities. Those are just 10 ways to be missional. So if you wonder, Pastor, when you talk about us being missional, what do you mean? I'm saying use those 10 things to get involved in the lives of the people you encounter every day and pray for opportunities to share Christ with them. Pray for that. Boy, when you, when you pray and you're sensitive and you're involved in their lives, God gives you those opportunities. My prayer is that we would be a missional church, not just a mission-minded church. That's how you reach your community. Letter B, next part of this Acts 1-8 challenge, Jerusalem, Judea, reaching our state. Reaching our state. We have an annual state mission offering, the Reach Texas offering that we give that helps plant new churches and do ministry in the state of Texas. We have a local association we cooperate with, and, and we've been a part of planting two cowboy churches. I don't know if you know that, but Trailhead Cowboy Church, we sponsored them for a while, and then Fellowship Cowboy Fellowship in San Patricio. As, as a part of our association, we were part of planting that cowboy church. We're involved in missions and church planting that way. Uh, we've been distributing Bibles to oil field workers through people who attend our church. There's a great oil patch Bible. We've given that to people who are gatekeepers. Is that what you call them? The gatekeepers, and they hand those out to truckers who come in and out. Just neat ministries like that to reach people in our state. South Texas Children's Home has a counseling ministry, and we've got a satellite here. We're ministering to people that way. We're, we're involved in reaching outside of just our city. So I want you to ask your question as I talk about reaching our community and our state and our nation. What can I do personally to be more missional, more intentional about reaching that area? Not just my community, but what about my state? The third area in the Great Commission in this statement in uh, Acts chapter 1-8 is reaching our nation, our Samaria. Again, you just have these concentric circles moving out from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria, and then ultimately we go to the ends of the earth. Reaching our nation, our Samaria, we have an annual Annie Armstrong Easter offering that we give to our North American Mission Board to plant churches and send missionaries, uh, several thousand missionaries involved in in. Uh, in our nation, reaching people in unreached people's groups and pioneer areas. We are now the fourth largest unchurched population in the world. Fourth largest unchurched population in the world. We're behind China, India, and Indonesia. Pretty amazing. That's the nation we live in that God's called us to reach. We're reaching, we help plant Life Point Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming. We've made several mission trips there. Our choir's been there, several other groups. We're going on a mission trip to South Dakota this coming next week to help a church uh, up there. A couple here, uh, Tom and Carrie Faltasek are up there. We're going to go help them with that, that work. We're involved in reaching our, our nation. So I want you to ask yourself, what can I do personally, my grace group, my connection class, to be more involved in that area? And then the fourth one, letter D, reaching our world. 
He says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth, reaching our world. Now, as I started to put together how I wanted to present this today, I started thinking about where have we been involved in missions worldwide? So here's a disclaimer. You might have gotten left out of this list, okay? Or your favorite person or ministry might have gotten left off of this list, so don't come around. Pastor Kevin, you forgot. Go ahead and tell me that. I'd like to know that, but don't, don't freak out, all right? I just wanted to walk through, and I just started putting dots on a map to see how have we been involved in not just reaching Rockport, but, but our world. So let's just watch this kind of uh, simple presentation here. The first part, we're right here in Rockport. Uh, we're reaching our community. We're doing these missions in Texas. Next one, uh, LifePoint Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming is right there. Uh, we're still involved helping them, still making trips out there. Leroy's been there to do some men's retreats. Kelly and I have been there to do some women's retreats. I go and encourage Zachary. I'm mentoring him. It's a neat ministry. The next place that we're going to be going is uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Sunrise Baptist Church. And here's what, here's what I want to do. If, I, uh, if you're here, I want you to stand, okay? We're going to take a mission team there. So Gene and Cassandra, I know y'all are here. They're back there in the back. Gene and Cassandra and McKelvin are leading that team. Myself and Kelly are going. Kelly, you can stand up too, hon. All right. And uh, Kathy Bond, she's over there in the gym working with kids right now, but she'll be here in, in a little bit. But that's our mission team, so pray for us as we go next week to Sunrise to help them with Vacation Bible School. Gene and I were talking about midweek this week, and Gene and Cassandra were heavily involved in Bible school here. And about halfway through the week, we were just looked at each other like we're dragging, and Cassandra said, we, were, so we get to do this again next week, so pray for us. They've asked us to come and help with them with Vacation Bible School. We've been doing that. Our next area of ministry, uh, we've taken several trips to Haiti, Stepstones Ministries that we've connected with. Those of you who've been to Haiti on those mission trips, stand up. Andy's led those teams. Andy's back here. Mary's there. The hills have gone. Anybody else? Those Haiti mission trips have been incredible, okay? Thank you all. So we've been in Haiti. Next place, China. Uh, Susan LeBlanc has been there. We've had the... the, uh, Carol Crawford has been over there. We've had an involvement. Any, anybody that's been on one of those China trips here? Okay. Um, I don't know what's next. Korea. I think she was in South and North Korea when Susie was over there ministering with um, Voice of the Martyrs. So we've, she's been there. Peru. Uh, Celeste Round. Celeste, you're here. I saw you a second ago. Celeste Round has been with Wheels for the World. She's been to Peru twice. She's been to, put the next one up there, Brazil, I believe. She's been to Brazil and she's been to Jordan. Right? Is that right? And also on West Bank, but I don't think it's in there because those dots get big and cover every, everything up, all right? You know what? I have notes here. I probably ought to look at those. Uh, that would be good. Oh, this helps greatly. All right. Um, Guatemala. Uh, we were in Guatemala, Living Water, Built Water Well. Jim, Redmond, anybody else was on that team that went? Jim, stand up. Hey, Mike Keller, there's okay. Y'all, that, that, come on, stand up so they can see you. This, okay? This group has been to Guatemala. Nicaragua, put a a living water well there, Jim. Were you in that group? Is anybody else? No, you weren't part of that? Okay, Nicaragua group. Okay, y'all stand up. Why are y'all being so shy? All right, Uh, next one, Thailand. Uh, We've had several mission trips to Thailand. If you've been on one of those Thailand mission trips, stand to your feet. Okay, look at the group going to Thailand. Okay, incredible. Neat opportunities over there. We've been to Padi and and Bangkok and Birirum. 
And we have some Thailand missionaries there. I'm not sure where they are. I think they're coming up next year. Yeah. Cindy, Cindy Campbell, Stan Cindy. Cindy is with Light for Asia. That's her primary ministry there, passing out Bibles to, to uh, Chinese, Christ, Chinese tourists who come across uh, into Thailand. So Cindy's ministry, she's involved in Light for Asia. Kennedy's, I think I've got uh, a slide there. Kennedy's, y'all stand up right here. Kenny's, Rayanne, JC, Kevin and Michelle involved in a helping ministry to help other ministries in, in the city of Pattaya. So we support them. By the way, we support Cindy and the Kennedys in our church budget. So they're a percentage of our budget. But that doesn't mean you don't need to hold back in helping them. All right. Um, next, we have Zimbabwe. Tom Hudson right now is at the Sinyati Hospital Rebuild. Uh, he went on his own and uh, pray for Tom. I don't know how much longer he's going to be there, but uh, maybe y'all have gotten those. Y'all know? Till August 2nd, okay? Pray for Tom, a neat ministry there uh, with our International Mission Board. Uh, I put Ecuador on here. The Thompsons are in Ecuador. They went on their own, but I tell you what, they've got an incredible ministry there with Calvary Chapel and, and ministering to people, and you follow them, can follow them on Facebook. Uh, Guatemala, Stepstones Ministries. How about that group that's going to Guatemala? If y'all are here with the group that Andy's leading, okay? And y'all are going to be building homes for um, widows, that kind of thing. Andy, that's what they'll be doing now, a construction ministry. Thanks, group going to Guatemala. Um, I put this on here. I hope it's all right. Gina Cassandra, Belize. Y'all are praying about that. Gina Cassandra McKelvin are praying about helping a ministry there, an orphanage in Belize. So we want to pray. Be sure and pray for them, okay? And the Hammets are, in, are planning a mission trip to France. Uh, Dennis and Carla Hammett. Uh, Dennis was our drummer. Carla was our business manager. Uh, we were to treat one time with our staff, and Carla said, God called me to missions years ago, and I've never really fulfilled that call and she began sharing that with her husband Dennis and they both surrendered and committed their lives and they left here quit their jobs moved to Fort Worth uh, and started in Southwestern Seminary Dennis is going to school right now uh, to get a degree a, a, a associates kind of degree so that they can go to France where they feel called so pray for Dennis and Carla they're going in August for a trip uh, they need they've raised most of their money they need about $700 so if God would lead you to help them out on that trip uh, you can help out Dennis and Carla uh, next one uh, Japan. Alex, are you here? Alex Lewis is going with Missionary Athletes International. With a, with, it's a soccer group that goes and shares the gospel. You're going to be gone for a month? Three weeks. Okay. So pray for Alex. And every, you've got all your support, right? Okay. God met that need. That's incredible. Okay. I'm not sure about sharing this one because I don't know how public this one is. But before you put the... Oh, it's up there. Okay. Um, pray for Laura. Laura is praying about going to Greece. Is that okay? We put it up there, all right? Uh, with A21 Ministry, it's a ministry for abolishing human trafficking, and she's praying about becoming an intern, going through that process. So uh, pray for Laura. Laura, did you, you can stand. So now there she is, okay? Pray for Laura Garner, all right? Uh, and I put these next two on just because I, I could. Uh, my son is going to India next week, so pray for Cameron. I think they're just advertising Central, Central Asia, but he's going to be in India for... Uh, 10 days or something like that, doing a video ministry with some people there. And also my daughter uh, is going on what's called the World Race. She's going to be in 11 countries in 11 months. So pray for her. So, okay, now just put that last one up there. I just want you to look at that. When I came here, I, I prayed that God would make this a mission-minded church where we could send people out. And that's, that's exciting to me that God has us touching those places on the globe. And here's the neat thing. As, as we've gone out as volunteers to touch some of those places, God has spoken our hearts of our people, and they've gone out. We're sending people out. And that's, that's what I love. And that's a whole other sermon. 
But in Acts chapter 13, well, let's go there because I'm going I'm to do part of that. I, let's, can we just thank God for using our church to do that? Okay. I'm sure I did. I leave anybody else out a, a glaring error? We got them. We got them. John and Nancy. Celise was in Africa too. I ran out of dots for you, I guess, Celise. I'm sorry. Okay. Awesome opportunities. Well, I want you to ask yourself this question before we move on. What can I do personally? What can my grace group do? What can my connection class do to be more personally involved in what we just saw up on the screen? You pray about that. So here's the next truth. It's Acts chapter 13. We've been commissioned to take the gospel and we've been commanded to send laborers into the field. Look at Acts chapter 13, verse 2 and 3 with me. As they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, this is the early church at Antioch, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work I have called them to. Then after they had fasted, prayed, and laid hands on them, they sent them off. Here's what they did. They responded. Number Letter A, God's Holy Spirit prompts the church to send out missionaries. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray for the Lord of the harvest. God's Holy Spirit prompted this church in Acts to send out their labors into the field, to send out missionaries. And by the way, they sent out their very best. When I was a kid, I used to, in church, listen to the missionary testimonies. And, and, and I'll just be honest with you. From some of those people that came through our church and shared, I thought, in my little brain, I thought, those are the folks that can't cut it over here. So we send them over there. And this message that I got as a kid is, just whatever's left over goes overseas to missions. Then I learned what the Bible says. Barnabas, Saul, leaders of the church were sent out. We've sent out the Kennedys. We've sent out Celise. We've sent out Cindy. We've sent out these groups that have gone on these mission trips. We've sent out our best, the Hammonds. We're sending out people who are committed to the gospel. The Holy Spirit does the prompting. We don't do it. I don't, I don't manipulate, try to guilt you into going. God's Holy Spirit does that. I remember when our kids were little, we had a, an Oldsmobile 98. It was about 10 years old, or 88. I'm not sure what it was called. It was a big car, a big Oldsmobile. And it was about 10 years old, something like that. And God just spoke to my heart about joining a mission trip to Monterey, Mexico. And I said, I think, I told Kel, I think we're supposed to go and take the kids. And she said, yeah, let's go. And then I said, I think we're supposed to take our car. So we drove that old car, used car, down from here, across the border, and drove all the way to Monterey, Mexico, and did a mission trip down there. And people said, Pastor, are you sure you need to do that? Take your little kids down there? And that, I said, God's, God spoke to us to do this, so we're responding. That's the way God works. See, when God prompts you, you don't have to second-guess a thing. In the flesh, you may have some worries, but you just rest in the fact that God's called you. God's prompting. I don't know who else God is prompting, but if he's prompting you, respond. Second truth, God's people obediently send the missionaries. We obediently send the missionaries. I've read this before. We resemble a football game where a handful of people are on the field who desperately need rest. 
cheered on by thousands in the stands who desperately need the exercise. God's calling us out of here, folks, to go. I was reading the Hammett's last prayer letter, Dennis and Carla Hammett's last letter, and they were sharing a, the challenge to get tickets to go to France. And I don't know if any, I've learned this as we've gone on these trips. When you start planning an international mission trip, you watch the ticket prices, and you try to maximize the time to get the best price. And sometimes when you do that, they send you all over the world, <laughs> And they give you layovers that aren't great. So Dennis and Carla found a special rate for some airline tickets to go to France. And they prayed about it. And they, they knew that with this special rate, they really don't tell you how long you're going to stay, how long your layovers are, all those connecting things. But they said, you know what, we're going to save some money. Let's buy those tickets. And they trusted the Lord and bought the tickets and found out there's hardly any layover. Uh, they've saved hundreds of dollars. And the, the flight goes exactly where they want it to go, not for too long. And they said, God answered prayer. God answers prayer. Folks, he, he prompts us. We send people out and God responds by answering. And then letter C, God's people willingly support those who are sent. God's people willingly support those who are sent. Listen to 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. Remember this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. The person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. When God prompts you to help someone, respond, support. I mentioned the Hammets needing money for their trip. Others, some of these mission trips, I'm not sure about all the Guatemala team, others are going, may need help, respond. I, on the, on the, uh, I think I did this, I meant to do this, I did. On the, on the section over there on the other side of your program where it says more information, I've listed websites, places where you can find out about that person's ministry, their trip, contact, so you can, if nothing else, begin to pray for them. And if God leads you to help those folks on those mission trips that God has called them to. Those of you who have gone on these volunteer trips, I want to talk to all of you. How many of you, when you committed to go, were not sure where the money was going to come from? Look at that. Okay, put your hands down. How many of you saw God provide so you could go on the trip? Every hand's up. So you may think, well, yeah, that was for them, but it wouldn't be for me. It'll be for you. If God speaks to your heart about being involved in one of these short-term or long-term trips or doing an internship or something like that, you just say yes. Let God take care of the rest. And what did the choir lead us in singing a minute ago? I'll trust you. We can trust him. That's what it means to become sent, to live a life that focuses on others and not just us. I had a friend when I was single, went to our church. Her name was Shalia. I've shared this story before, but it, it fits. Shalia walked the aisle one Sunday morning and took the pastor's hand. Kelly's dad was our pastor. And she said, I believe God's called me to be a missionary overseas. And he said, great, Shalia. Are you being a missionary right now where you live? And she put her head down and she turned around. She went right back to her seat. And God started working in her heart. How can you say I'm called over there if I'm not doing it here? And I watched her for a year. She led her roommate to Christ. She led her roommate's boyfriend to Christ. She began to have a witness to his family and the other girl's family. And God used her in an incredible way, nurturing and discipling people, reaching her Jerusalem. 
And a year later, she walked the aisle and she said, God's called me to be a missionary, and before you ask it, yes, I have been a missionary. Folks, maybe what some of you need to hear is, I need to be missional right now, right here. Others God may be speaking to about going. Just respond. Just say yes. Let's pray together.